0: This is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Support for the legislature today is provided by West Virginia University, building futures close to home at campuses in Morgantown, Kaiser, and Beckley. Information at wvu.edu.
1: Segra, providing fiber-based communication solutions. Segra, freedom to grow. More information at segra.com.
2: Good evening from Charleston, I'm Eric Douglas. The 2022 legislative session is drawing to a close, and as usual, there's a lot of pressure to move a number of bills through the system. We've seen committees meeting until late into the night, and each chamber meeting multiple times during the day. The end of yesterday evening's House floor session became contentious when Democrats offered an amendment to Senate Bill 498, known as the Anti-Racism Bill. Delegate Gary Howe, a Republican from Mineral County, who was filling in for House Speaker Roger Hanshaw, ruled that amendment wasn't germane to the bill. The Democrats responded by calling for bills to be read in their entirety rather than explained a move to slow down the process. Soon after, the House adjourned for the night. Senate Bill 498 would prevent the teaching that any race is superior to another or that students should feel guilty because of their race. Democrats opposed the legislation because of concerns about censorship and limiting free speech in schools. Earlier this week, the Senate unanimously approved House Bill 4489, which will require all county school districts to post open positions on a statewide job bank. Right now it's optional for counties to post their job vacancies to the West Virginia Department of Education's website. West Virginia is experiencing a staffing shortage of about a thousand teachers, up from just about 700 just before the pandemic began. The State Department of Education says West Virginia has five areas of critical need, math, science, special education, elementary education, and counseling. The bill is now on its way to the governor's desk for his signature. A Senate bill that bars health care providers from performing an abortion if the patient expresses a concern that the fetus may develop an intellectual disability is moving through the House of Delegates. House Bill 4004 that limits abortion to 15 weeks of pregnancy is still in the Senate Health and Human Resources Committee and hasn't moved in nearly a month. Senate Bill 1 that creates a mining mutual insurance company to underwrite reclamation bonds passed the House of Delegates today as well. The new private company was established with $50 million in taxpayer funds. It was created over the concern that should coal mine operators default on their reclamation bonds, the state would be liable for more than $800 million in reclamation costs. In addition to the governor's budget, every legislative session, both the House and the Senate come up with their own versions of the budget bill. This year in the House, their version is House Bill 4023, while in the Senate, their version is Senate Bill 250. The two chambers alternate every year on which bill will be the main one they work with this year it's Senate Bill 250. Liz McCormick has highlights of the journey the state's 2023 budget bill was taken this week.
1: It was all about the budget on Tuesday in the House of Delegates. The chamber first considered their version of the budget, House Bill 4023, before ultimately amending their version into the Senate's, Senate Bill 250. But before a final vote on the newly amended bill, Democrats predictably attempted to amend into it several of their priorities. Delegate Lisa Zukoff, a Democrat from Marshall County, offered an amendment that would have added $2 million to increase pay for Guardian ad litems in West Virginia. Over the last two years, we have lost 200 guardian ad litems. For those of you who may not know, guardian ad litems are appointed, they're attorneys appointed within the foster care system to represent the child during abuse and neglect cases. We only have 260 in the state now. We used to have almost 500 this amendment failed. House Finance Chair Eric Householder, a Republican from Berkeley County, said there was an issue with its placement in the bill and would be unconstitutional. Delegate Kayla Young, a Democrat from Kanawha County, also proposed an amendment that would have designated $14.6 million of surplus money to support child care We have been underfunding it drastically. During the pandemic, we funded it based on enrollment rather than attendance, because the child care facilities have to hold open the spot whether the kids come or not so imagine if all of if you're running a business and all of your costs stay the same but then half the customers don't come you still have to pay for all of those things right we need our child care centers to stay open this amendment also failed young offered another amendment that would have included fifty thousand dollars to put cameras in house committee rooms for live video streaming as is available in the Senate currently the house only offers an audio stream delegate Barbara Evans hour, a Democrat from Monongalia County, spoke in favor of the amendment, arguing it's something that should be a priority to boost transparency. Many people are not able to come from the eastern panhandle, from my area, from the areas where you live, because they work, because they're disabled or whatever. And you cannot listen via audio and have any idea who is speaking unless you recognize people's voices this amendment was also rejected. House Finance Minority Chair Delegate Brent Boggs from Braxton County also offered an amendment that would have provided a one-time $1,000 stipend for retired state employees and retired teachers.
2: We're producing record revenues. And I think this is an opportunity to do something for the retirees. And I might point out that many of these retirees have been retired for decades. They are They are hurting. They are truly hurting. And I hope this is something that we can do to um, uh, give them some relief.
1: Delegate Marty Gearhart, a Republican from Mercer County, spoke against the amendment, saying it leaves out several people who have contributed to the state indirectly.
2: And everyone in the state of West Virginia that pays taxes is entitled to some relief if we're able to do that, including retirees that have an income. We're leaving a lot of people behind that work for the state in this amendment.
1: Boggs's amendment also failed. The bill was eventually taken up for a vote and overwhelmingly passed the House 93 to 2. On Thursday evening, the Senate took up what the House had sent them, the amended Senate Bill 250. But Senate Finance Chair Eric Tarr, a Republican from Putnam County, moved to amend the amended bill. Tar called this version a compromise between the House and Senate's version of the budget. Some of the changes include $500,000 for the House of Delegates to cover their portion of renovations in the East Wing. More than $3 million was added to cover the cost of the average 5 percent state employee pay raise of non judges in the judicial branch, and a new $5 million appropriation was added to the governor's contingency fund for court improvements. The Senate budget, as of Thursday night, stands now at $4.63 billion, with more than $320,000 unappropriated. The budget also includes more than $1 billion in surplus money that will support 18 items, including the Division of Human Services, Tourism, Veterans Assistance, the Department of Environmental Protection, and the Division of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Teachers and other school service personnel can also expect a 5 percent pay increase on July 1st, thanks to Senate Bill 531, which is now on its way to the governor. That bill also includes a $10,000 raise for state police. For the Legislature Today, I'm Liz McCormick.
2: The House now needs to agree to the Senate changes to the budget bill. Throughout the legislative session, West Virginia Public Broadcasting's reporters have covered lots of different stories. But to get a different perspective of the news coming out of the Capitol, yesterday I spoke with Lacey Pearson, a political reporter with the Charleston Gazette-Mail, and Stephen Allen Adams, the government reporter and columnist for the Ogden newspaper chain. Guys, thank you for both coming in, taking a few minutes out of your day. I know you're, you're crazy busy uh, chasing uh, the legislature around the building right now. Um, I, I just want to talk to you. I want to get your perspective on some of the things that are going on at the, during the session this year. Lacey, I'll start with you. Uh, ladies first today. Well, uh, So, What are some of the, uh, name a couple of the bills that you've been chasing this this session and and where do these stand now?
0: Thanks Eric for having us on here today. We are really busy. We were just talking about that (laughs) before we came in here. It seems there's a lot of starting and stopping of bills. Um, One of the bills I've been following is this year's broadband bill. Um, The legislature, just like they did last year, is focusing a lot on getting sort of the infrastructure ready for federal monies that will be coming to the state that they think they can use to expand um, Internet access throughout the state. In particular, they're looking at taking inventory of utility poles that exist in the state. They're kind of splotchy and inaccurate, the maps that they have now. So the state's trying to centralize a map um, to see just what the resources they have um, what resources they have to expand broadband. They're also providing more consumer protections, um, for broadband customers. For example, um, if you experience an internet outage for more than 24 hours, that is the fault of your internet provider. You could receive some sort of credit. Mm. Right. So they're trying to do a lot more with that. Um, I've also been following a bill that maybe Dodd today, or at least, um, was delayed in the house today, which is a bill um, that would have limited what sort of ordinances um, county governments and municipal governments could pass regarding mostly regarding uh, labor standards for private businesses, but it had also involved um to prohibit counties from enacting what are called conversion therapy bans. Um, right. Charleston and Morgantown already had these bans um, and that bill would have retroactively nullified those ordinances, but right now the house moved it to its inactive calendar, so it's not in motion right now. So I'm still waiting to see what happens with that.
2: Yeah, that's an unusual way the house, uh, yeah, they, they have their active calendar, their, right. uh, and, and things get parked over there. Although, as we all know, something's not dead until <laughs> Until the session is over, things can, can always pop back up. Until
0: the clock strikes midnight. <laughs> Until yeah. the
2: clock strikes midnight, and yeah. we hear we hear sine dive from the from the, the floor. Stephen, how about you? Uh, what what are some of the bills that you're you've you've been after this this session?
3: Well, I feel like this session I've been watching almost constantly uh, versions of uh, anti-critical race theory bills, the first being House Bill 4011, that went under the name of the Anti-Stereotyping Act. Uh, That ended up uh, not making it out of the House Judiciary Committee just prior to the deadline for bills having to get out of the committees of origin. Uh, But the Senate ended up moving their version of that bill, which was Senate Bill 498. That was called the Anti-Racism Act, and that is actually moving. Uh, as we speak and both bills dealt with trying to deal with the type of concepts taught in K through 12 schools Uh, at one point I had a curriculum transparency uh, component to it where you know teachers would have to put up what type of lessons dealing with issues of race and sex and gender and ethnicity Um, and that way parents could review those all that was kind of stripped out of this now this basically kind of just prohibits uh teaching or coercing students to believe certain concepts that they are racist because of the race that they are. Uh, These are concepts and bills and type of things that are going on all across the country, primarily in blue states uh, concerned parents about these issues. There's not a whole lot of evidence this is going on in West Virginia. There's been a couple anecdotal examples uh, pointed out, but the bill has been watered down to such an extent that supporters seem to think that maybe uh, it'll do the job and then opponents also think that yeah, still goes too far.
2: Well, it's interesting. I didn't realize that had been watered down that much uh, in its current current iteration that they've, they've they've stripped out some of the more inflammatory, I guess would be the word uh, uh, stipulations within the bill. Uh, did that happen in, in committee and in judiciary or on the floor?
3: Uh, very slowly, it hasn't happened on the floor yet, but uh, pr- pr- pretty much the Senate version of the bill was vastly different from the House version. The House version was very expansive. And as it's gone through uh, the House, the Senate bill that is, they've kind of stripped it down to such to where I'm not sure that it really does anything, but it does give Republican uh, lawmakers something to go back to constituents, particularly during the primary and say, hey, this is something you've been concerned about. Uh, we, we helped fix it for you.
2: And uh, unfortunately, sometimes it seems like that's the whole purpose of some of these bills is to, is to justify something to their constituents. Exactly. But- so what's the biggest story for both of you? Well, what's the biggest story that, that kind of flew under the radar? Something that, that maybe we should have been paying attention to that, that popped up at the at the end?
0: Well, just off the top of my head, something that's been a big priority for me that affects, I think, um, governments throughout the state is the jails per diem, mm. um, which is the rate that county governments pay to incarcerate one person for one day in our 10 regional jails. Um, that it, the, The per diem it's a kind of a complicated issue. The per diem has been artificially capped at forty-eight dollars and twenty-five cents since 2018, Um, but the actual cost to incarcerate somebody is more than fifty-four dollars. I think it's fifty-four dollars and thirteen cents to be exact. Um, But part of the reason the state has done that is because counties have historically had trouble paying down their jail bills for the rates of incarceration and a lot of that has to do with the fact that just the regional jails are full Um, for most of this legislative session all 10 regional jails combined have been more than 1,000 inmates over the right over capacity um so that's a big big issue but um right now it seems like they've only been able to come up to, to just continue to cap that um there's a house special committee that was convened this session that was set to deal with, deal with jail issues. And I think they did uncover a lot of issues, um, not including, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of um, maintenance needs for the mm. jails, which now are getting to be 30 and 40 years old. Right. Um, so I'm keeping an eye on that, but it seems like the resolution is just to, for another year in a row, just keep that rate flat and see what else they can do, what other options they have to support, I guess, basically support incarceration in the state.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Stephen, how about you?
3: Oh man, for me it has to be Senate Bill 694. That is the force polling unionization bill Literally got dropped in, I think, the final day to even introduce bills on the Senate side. Went through super quick over there and made it really quick. This is an issue that they've been trying to work on now for eight years. The first time they did in 2015, the bill died in a 49-49 tie in the House. None of the sides have been able to agree. We're talking mineral owners, royalty owners, the oil and natural gas industry, the Farm Bureau. They basically put them in a room this year and said, we're not gonna do a bill until you all come up with something you can agree on. They apparently came up with something they could agree on and that's why it's gone through super fast now it's not going to make some property owners happy because it obviously deals with uh, pooling and horizontal wells, properties that surround uh, those type of pools. Some property owners won't, don't want to give up their uh, mineral rights or want to negotiate a better deal. Uh, this kind of deals with uh, kind of forcing them to be part of this whether they want to or not, but paying them for their for the mineral rights and whatnot. So very complicated bill, but it's gone through fast and everyone seems to be, all the major stakeholders seem to be on board.
2: Interesting. Uh, w- you were saying earlier, before we got started, you, you've been following the budget very closely this year. Um, last I saw, and maybe it's changed since then, the last I saw there was about a $100 million difference between the House side and the, and the Senate side. The Senate seemed like it was a little bit higher, but a number of bills have passed this year with fiscal notes, but then they still have to be applied back into the budget. Are, do you see any, any of those sorts of bills that have passed that'll end up getting going unfunded with the, with the final budget?
3: Well, I, I think there are a number of issues kind of still floating around there. There's, you know, as we've talked about, House Bill 4077, that is the income tax cut bill from the House side. That has never been taken up on the Senate side. I don't get the impression they're going to take it up on the Senate side. So that could go by the wayside. That's going to free up some money that was kind of put away uh, for other things. There's also a fight on the foster care bill 4344, which was basically as gutted as you can gut the thing, uh, including the pay raises. Apparently the governor's office and DHHR say they can do it without this bill, pay raises. Yeah, but uh, it remains to be seen whether they will do it. That's the whole point of the legislation. It would have required them to to up those salaries by 15, in some cases 20%. Uh, But that is something that also had a price tag, and now that they've taken all the costs out of it, uh, that frees up some money. So the House and the Senate obviously have some work to do to reconcile these two budgets together.
2: Uh, Lacey, I, I, actually that was was going next was to the, the House Bill 40, uh, 344 was the Child Protective Services and all that. Uh, have you been following that 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 discussion and, and that process this session?
0: No, that hasn't been a bill I followed. Actually, um, another reporter at the Gazette Mail followed that. That wasn't.
2: Okay, the, well, all right, fair enough. I, right. <laughs> I, I won't hold you <laughs> to all right, pass. I'm for
0: not, <laughs> not going to talk out of school about it.
2: Uh, so. All right, yeah. fair enough. So, I, I have there been any of anything that you've been following though that is now coming up against the budget you know We're we're just a couple days left in the session any any uh, Anything that you're you're concerned about actually making it through
0: um actually no Just I don't know if it's luck of the draw but a lot of the bills that I followed um, Have not seemed to have a huge budget impact or at least are not up against the deadline like that I mean at the closest like I mentioned before the broadband bill is one that um the senate finance committee actually was taking a really hard look at this morning there is some cost involved with um, mapping out all the utility poles and there's also a mapping of the um, sort of gaps in right-of-ways throughout the state because a big part of expanding broadband um part of the state's expanding broadband is hooking up broadband expansion with existing utility work so for example if they're somewhere going to open the ground to work on water lines the state wants the water company to say hey broadband companies, we're going to open the land. Do you want to run some line through here? That kind of thing. So they're trying to map all that out. So there was some cost associated with that. I think it was around $2 million, but that didn't seem to be enough to trip up the Senate Finance Committee this morning.
2: The, those are small numbers relative right. to- Right, right. Um, so I will stay with, with Lacey for a second, but you know, we, we have a Republican supermajority. Um, uh, a lot of bills because of that have, have pretty much sailed through with, you know, even though the, the Democrats have, have said their piece, the bills have passed by a large majority. But not everything has. I mean, there have been a couple that were turned into a bigger fight uh, than expected. Uh, have there been any that, that kind of made you go, Oh, that's that's surprising. I, I'm surprised that this person's actually not voting for it or, or voting towards something.
0: Sure, one that I thought was interesting, and I'll just have to go ahead and give this disclaimer, had to do with um, House Minority Leader, Doug Scaff, who is president of HD Media, which is the parent company of the Charleston Gazette mail where I work. Um, he had proposed a bill that would have basically prohibited homeless shelters from being located within a certain distance um, from public or private schools. And when he spoke on that bill in House Judiciary, um, Chat delegate Chav Ludjoy, who is the minority um oh what's the word the ranking Democrat there it is okay. on that committee um he even was spoke against this bill and he said this is kind of awkward for me because he was speaking against a bill that his minority leader proposed um and that bill ultimately died it they kicked it around between like we were talking about the active calendar and the inactive calendar um they kicked it around and eventually just kicked it off of the active calendar and and it died, but that was really interesting um i th- I think part of it was they just, there wasn't the will to pass that among the majority. Um, and there wasn't a will to have that debate. Um, I think there's talk about setting up a subcommittee to do, talk about, to study homelessness, homelessness issues and mental health issues throughout the state. And I think that's where that issue landed at I, the end. It,
2: It's a study project. It's yeah. not going to be a, an actual bill that, right. all right. Stephen, how about you, any, any, any surprises for you?
3: Uh, well, I think I've already mentioned the utilization, uh, unitization bill, and that obviously brought out a lot of Republicans that were supportive of the natural gas industry and want to see it grow and see this as a bill that will help that happen, while you had other Republicans who were very much uh, pro-property rights, felt this violated the property rights of individuals and were against it. So that was one where you had uh, it a 55-44 uh, vote, uh, so it was very narrow. There, I know there was an effort to, uh, at one point to... Uh, Try to get rid of certificate of need uh, in the state with amendments from House uh, Majority Leader Amy Summers, and that, that brought out that, Republicans. That
2: that's for hospitals to have to demonstrate that they have a, a need to offer services.
3: That's correct. That brought out some Republicans that were supportive of repealing that sort of thing, but are also very much against it, particularly. Uh, delegates that represented say rural hospitals, where that might be a concern. So that was an issue where I think you had uh, a closer vote uh, than than you would expect because some vote Republicans went the opposite direction on it.
2: So l- last two minutes we have here, but um, Saturday night, the, the session will end as it always does, and it will go up to midnight. There there will be on the floor uh, until midnight. And it, Here's your chance to prognosticate for a second. Any Anything, you, how do you expect the, the final final few hours of the session to go? Lacey, I'll, I'll let you start and Stephen oh, can finish up.
0: Okay, <laughs> what a treat to try to predict the future about this, Eric. I, mean, I think that's one thing about the legislature, if you could tell just by how we're talking about procedurally the sort of journeys these bills take, it's hard to predict what's gonna happen, especially like you mentioned, the Republicans having a supermajority. even if something might be stuck in a committee the benefit of having a super majority is not only that you know you get to pass what you want to pass but you can overcome any procedural mm-hmm. issues to um, you know the requirement that bills be read three days in the house for example they can overcome that very easily they have the majority to do whatever they want um, we were talking earlier about the time management of Senate President Craig Blair and House Speaker Roger Hanshaw it seems like they like to get the bills pretty well sorted out by that last day as you could tell there were a lot of bills up for votes today in the senate and the house um so i mean we expect i personally just anticipate maybe a couple of conference committees i'm sure a handful of votes but i don't expect a very busy day beyond just the sort of normal ceremonial things. Really? Yeah. If, if
3: there is a fight, it's gonna be over the foster care bill. That bill passed by a near unanimous majority over in the House side with those extra additions, with the pay raises, with the data dashboard and all that stuff. Uh, I think there's gonna be a real fight between both chambers on the details of that bill.
2: So you, you think they'll be they'll be voting on it and bouncing it back and forth to, or whether they, choose to accept amendments or not and that sort of thing
3: i think that's a real possibility yes so uh, that one is one to watch on the last night
2: perfect guys thank you Uh, i'll let you get back i know you i know there are many things that you want to be chasing right now so i appreciate your time thanks eric
0: thank you so much eric we appreciate it
2: bye-bye tomorrow we'll be broadcasting floor sessions throughout the day on the west virginia channel and then at eight join me and the entire crew here for live coverage as we air the final hours of the 2022 legislative session I'm Eric Douglas. For everyone here at West Virginia Public Broadcasting, thanks for joining us and have a great weekend.